truth. What is truth? Truth is reality. It can be confirmed by evidence. It is verifiable. And we seek to find it. Welcome to Euphonaut Radio. Euphonaut Radio is a show that takes you on a truth journey outside the matrix to examine the worlds of ufology, the paranormal, and new science. Open your mind as we search for the truth that most are afraid to discuss. This is Euphonaut Radio, only on PSN Radio. Oh yes, Monday night, Euphonaut Radio, Jesse Randolph at the helm here with the Angel of Ufology, Mr. Spino to my right. And what a night it is, we have a show planned for you. If you didn't catch last week, the uh, Stan Romanek in his own words is now live and on podcast land, uh, pre-recorded of course, and you can catch it there and you can listen to it and it's free and I urge you to do so. Great show. Angel, are you with us? I am present, Mr. Well, Randolph. Good to have you here. Had a Maybe lo- not fully accounted for, but I'm here. Okay, yeah, we're both here. We had long days today, but we're here. And we're trying Thank to make a, a really good uh, show for everybody tonight. We have chat rooms buzzing. I appreciate that. It's good to see old friends always. And we've got a really good show planned tonight. You know, I stayed up very late last night. I, I think it was about 2 in the morning, Angel, listening and watching the uh, somebody leak the YouTube of the Dr. Stephen Greer red carpet event for Unacknowledged, his new film. Which, by the way, was one of, I believe, the most, if not the most, uh, crowd-funded, top-dollar activities. Meaning, uh, he he, he raised more money than any other film project to date, I believe, on Kickstarter. Somebody uh, wants to fact-check that for me, go for it. But I believe that it was like close to 400 grand or something. I looked it up. It looked pretty pretty, uh, impressive, don't you think? That, that is pretty impressive. But he's got a, a big following, so I'm not shocked by it. Oh, man, huge. So basically yeah. uh what happened was he said that he was going to do a live stream event uh-huh. uh, in Hollywood where he was doing the screening at this real swanky uh, uh, theater that I've been to a million times. I can't place. I don't know if it was the Arclight or not, but, man, wherever he did it, it's fa- fantastic place. But he had said that he would have this sort of red carpet event and his lecture preempting the film uh, for free on the web on the 24th, which was a few days ago, and I missed it. And I was so bummed. Uh, you know, someone – talk about geeking out when you're depressed uh, at midnight because you missed the Stephen Greer live stream of the red carpet. Not even the film, okay? That, that's geeking out a bit, don't you think? Yeah. A little bit. I know, I know, and my my uh, my fiance, God bless her, she uh, she puts up with this crap, believe it or not. That's a weird uh, thing that he got over. I mean, Stephen Greer, really? No, but the thing is, is that look, you guys have heard me say Stephen Greer is a narcissist. Stephen Greer is an egomaniac. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Continue. Five yes. stuff. The CE five stuff is ridiculous. As far as there hasn't been anything that's substantial in the past. I don't know, 10, 15 years that they've been running around doing this stuff. It seems kind of culty. Um, 
He doesn't get along yes. with a lot of yes. play with others. You know, uh, it seems as though he has a one track mind on who can bring about disclosure. And it seems as though his story really hasn't changed. So when he was doing the red carpet event, it was really funny because he was sort of, so you know, the red carpet, when you see it on TMZ or access Hollywood, where they show sort of this backdrop and then people are standing there and they get their pictures taken and then they keep walking. Right. It's all glamorous and stuff. Yes. You know, yeah, so the, forget the cameras. There weren't cameras. There was him standing in front of that backdrop. I don't know if it's cardboard or whatever with the posters of the film the on the red carpet looking area. And then he had this real goofy guy next to him that was trying to be, I guess, like the MC of asking people questions uh, when these A-listers, as he referred to them, but they were really way B-listers, um, would just come over. And talk to him for a couple minutes and then move on and get a free book and a poster signed by him. So it was really entertaining to watch some of the people that just walked into this uh, live stream event on this red carpet to talk to him and say hello to him for a couple minutes. Some of them had n- no experience or knowledge about UFOs or ufology or government cover up and secrecy and disclosure and all that jazz. So. Some of them he just started doing his shtick to, and some of these people were like, I don't, I don't have the people on the tip of my tongue, but some of these characters were, you know, B-list actresses from. Uh, I was in Haywire. There was a girl there from. Uh, I was in Haywire. Oh yes, how are you? And it was so funny. And then he would sit there and talk to them, and this goofy guy would try to interject, and everything he did was wrong, and stupid. Um, and silly. So it was incredible. And you could see that Greer was starting to get a little miffed too, because obviously it was a big night for him and everything was going well. Don't get me wrong. I mean, still, it's still a major feat. I'm not being a hater here. Okay. This is Greer has done some pretty awesome things, especially with the, uh, the hearings that he's done in the past, which is probably the pinnacle of his career. You know, when he was able to really bring to the national press club, Tons and tons of witnesses, high-level people that uh, some of which I really thought were top-notch, and some of them, you know, like Cliff, Cliff Stone and stuff like that, not so much. But he did it in a very professional manner, okay? And I think he definitely moved the needle a little bit. But then he went into uh, narcissist uh, idol land where, you know, if you start reading his stuff or going to his lectures – He's talking about he can levitate and stuff like that. So he kind of fucked it up for a, a lot of my circle of friends where they sort of checked out on him after. You couldn't just show them the hearings, okay, on disclosure that he did at the press call, uh, corps and and leave it at that, unfortunately, because he had people involved then that were more mainstream. And I think he, he, he turned off at least people in my circle when they went to see him personally with me a couple times. And they were like, oh, my God, this guy is a freak. You know, he really thinks he's like God. And that was a bummer. So if I was his PR agent or if I was his buddy, I would probably try to sway him. You know, don't say that half your staff was killed by cancer, by the cabal. Okay, Uh, that. I don't, I don't care if you really believe that. That's not a good thing to put out there to get mainstream to support stuff that seems to be genuinely credible, like the existence of extraterrestrials, the existence 
and proof that extraterrestrials have visited this planet and are currently interacting with our planet probably since the beginning of time and way before we were here. And things of that nature, the fact that there is secrecy, high level of secrecy that the government has on the subject that they are still keeping secret. Things like that. If he had tried to stay real mainstream like that, I think he would have gotten a lot further down the road by now. So that's the part, the hokiness, you know, the fact that, you know, and I like this woman. I've met her, but, you know, Paula Harris um, was there. And uh, actually, one cool guy was there. He came in. Um, Heineck, J. Allen Heineck's son was there. And it was funny because J. Allen Heineck's son really grew up in a UFO household. So it was interesting mm, to hear yeah. some stories. Yeah. So it was interesting to hear some stories mm. that he told. Of course, Heineck being the uh, the Blue Book guy who later came out and, and, and owned up to the fact that Blue Book was a whitewash. Right. So anyways, if you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. The, the audio sucks, but I'm telling you, it is like an hour and a half of just raw footage. Like I'm sure Greer would have wanted this to be edited. But you know what? One, another thing that Greer's doing, which is cool, is that live streaming stuff is cool because – there's no editing. That's like live radio, which is what we're doing right now. So, which remember, Jesse, it gets turned into a podcast as soon as we it sure does upload it, it sure into the internet, which is a private joke. Um, anyways, if you haven't seen it, uh, the name of the movie is unacknowledged, and you're not allowed to watch that because that's not being released until I believe May nine, and so far it's getting. Uh, Tons of pre-order. It's about 20 bucks if you want to pre-order this thing on like iTunes, okay? And I'm not going to do it, but I hope somebody else does and sends it to me or something because I, I, I don't have 20 bucks to spend on Dr. Stephen Greer this week. But I'm, I'm really kind of – or next week. But I'm dying to see the film. Now, I thought his last film, the serious movie, was kind of like a debacle. But a lot of people liked it apparently, and it did quite well. So, you know, with the little skeletons. Yeah. That was a joke, by the way. I know, I know. Okay. Seriously, it was, you remember they had the little skeleton they were analyzing? It, was, it seemed very silly. Um, again, it was. Yep. this is a guy who was an emergency room doctor. He always reminds you of that, that he dealt with the highest level of stress, intricacy, intelligence. You know, he was the head of an emergency room. In North Carolina, Raleigh, I believe, for years. Okay. Yes, we know he is probably genius level. I get that. So is Andrew Basaggio, but you know, uh, where does that get you sometimes into crazy town? So, and in fact, we're going to talk about him in a moment too. But the point being is that he has these great skills sometimes that I think he can really hone if he had someone helping him craft it more. And instead, he gets this kind of uh, and I don't want to make fun of all the people who are in his clan, but maybe it's too much of just kind of fringe, fringe folks who just sort of bow to him instead of someone giving him straight talk on, okay, what are we trying to get accomplished this year? Uh, for instance, you know, Bassett doesn't really have a background to lean on to say, well, I'm, you know, blank blank, so you should respect me in my opinion. But Greer has a background. He has a lineage. He claims his family was deeply involved in the black. And involved in Apollo and involved in this. I mean, really, the guy doesn't stop talking about himself. So 
if you get a chance, uh, I would endorse everything he's doing, really, because he's one of the people getting the most amount of cash infusement right now as well. And that's why I'm, uh, it's from the public via Kickstarter and things like this. So you have to take your hat off to him. He's not making $10,000 rinky-dink documentaries on UFOs with a lot of rehash B-roll. You know, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, we oh, yeah. see these, yep. uh, these things are, uh, you know, Tim over at UFO TV, how he repackages some of this stuff and makes it uh, sellable blows me away sometimes because it's super bad sometimes. Sometimes it's really good, but – the majority of the UFO stuff, these guys don't have enough budget to make it look pro. It's like, you know, when your friend would do a record or a CD and he'd be like, oh, check out my, my new album. And you put it in your car and it kind of sounds kind of thin. Well, that's because he didn't have $50,000 to master the, the thing, which is a separate process of pasteurization and volume pumping and all this stuff that they do which costs a small fortune and it's an art form in itself and these guys don't have that budget and they probably never will you know once in a while somebody comes out of the woodwork and does something amazing on a small budget like james fox but that's very far and few between anyway enough about that because we have a lot to do tonight uh i am endorsing it because uh as much as i give the straight talk on some of these individuals when we sort of dissect them like Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer. Don't forget the doctor part. Um, well, as, he's not really a doctor anymore. Oh, I'll always have that title. That doesn't go away. Well, yeah, That's but he's like, not a practicing doctor. I know, but if you get a doctorate in, if you get a doctorate in botany, like Michael Savage, the talk show host, you're a Dr. Michael Savage for life. That's how it works. Anyway, let's move on. There's lots to do here. There's lots to do. Okay, tonight's show, just so you know, we're not done with talking points. We're doing a case study of something called Targeted Individuals, or TI. When I first saw this, I thought it meant Texas Instruments, which gives away I my I thought you age. meant the rapper. Yeah, see, that's the difference yeah. with our uh, our ages as well, I guess, is that you thought of uh, hip-hop, and I thought of a really old, shitty computer. Yeah, but I'm um, older than you, so how do you figure you are not older than me. How old are you? I'm, uh, do I really want to talk about this right now? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. He has uh, nothing to do with this, but anyway. Moving on. A case study of targeted individuals. What is a targeted individual? Well, you know, as we've been doing this new format of letting people speak in their own words, we've decided to use Solaris Blue Raven tonight as a case study. Yeah. What? Yes. Why did we decide <laughs> to do that? Well... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do the list of the reasons and to start from number one to uh, infinity. Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> well, and, and again, obviously, we're going to get back to the talking points here. But right. the point being is that uh, Solaris was on the program a few months back as a guest. It was a very strange night for us because we were uh, viciously attacked, I, I want to say, uh, not only during the show, but post the show via YouTube with numerous videos that she had made, um, basically poking at us as far as professionalism and our intelligence, etc. So we decided to take a, an honest look when we started to do this new format and say, hey, look, let's take a look at what's really going on here and try to show the audience, if they didn't hear it for themselves, 
why this can be a very difficult subject to cover as a journalist sometimes. So that's going to be really fun tonight. We've got a lot of audio to to play for you, uh, and we're going to all sit here and try to dissect this case study, which is targeted individuals, people who actually believe that they are being targeted and then uh, mentally uh, tampered with by the secret government, I guess, or the the NSA or the CIA or whatever, whoever, whatever group they believe in. They, they believe that they are being tampered with in a brain format, that they are being uh, manipulated, mind control, etc., uh, and we're going to get into what that what that entails. We're going to play you a lot of audio tonight, so get ready. Get a cup of joe. You're going to need it. Next up, this is hard. This is hard to talk about for me because I am blown away. Times have changed, Angel. You ready for this? Uh-oh. Yep, I'm ready. I mean, Hit me. Wow. Hit me. I, you can't say I don't do my homework. MUFON Symposium this year. If you don't know that a MUFON Symposium is, you're not a ufologist, so... Uh, do your homework. Uh, it happens once a year. The Mutual UFO Network, which is the only official recognized UFO investigation group. I don't care if you like them or dislike them. And, and, you know, the more I wanted to like them after this, I don't know how, how I can. Now, MUFON has always had a very high bar of evidence requested. Some people would disagree with that now, but the point being is that they have a symposium every year, and it's pretty dry, okay? Because it's supposed to be, you know. It's about real science, and that's what this is all about. You know, how do we bring the science back to ufology? Uh, Greer says that it's all tied to free energy disclosure, and you know what? That's really smart. You know, I like that theory. That the real problem is fossil fuels and that trillion-dollar industry. Therefore, we can't give up these new uh, free energy technologies and different energy technologies that won't hurt our planet and they'll be free, etc. And we won't have to work anymore. In fact, he claimed that we would only have to work. This was last night, by the way, uh, 10 to 20 hours tops a week. Now, what a silly claim, but, um, <laughs> you know, the guy said the guy, if, if you're trying to get people involved based on the fact that they're only going to have to work 20 hours a week, then I'm ready. I I'm am in. ready to spend. I am so yeah. in. Oh, boy. You have no idea. So anyway, the MUFON Symposium this year, get this, Angel. I look up the speaker list because I wanted to maybe meet you in Vegas there. And they booked Corey Good and Andrew Basago, Basago, Andy B. Oh, you're hitting me hard in the chest. The oh. guys that are 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 really the culprits in a lot of ways as figureheads at this point for messing around with UFO credibility. I mean, Corey Good, of course, you guys are got to be familiar with him at this point. He claims he's an ambassador to the blue avian extraterrestrials, these, these small bird people. Uh, actually, I think they're quite tall. There was another group he was talking about that was small and, and they smell very bad. And his sidekick, which is his sort of handler is David Wilcox and they have a show on Gaia. And if yeah. you listen to the program, you know that I am a little perturbed with them. Um, uh, mostly, mostly because they have no proof whatsoever of their claims, and no God. one seems to care. But then, you know, like I said, that's New Age, right? Which is kind of a dirty word in ufology. So right. what do they go and do? The only official recognized body 
MUFON. They go ahead and book Corey Good as a, <laughs> as a main speaker. And then the other guy who is making us look like silly idiots, Andrew Bishago. The guy who has claimed that not only did he, uh, serve time in the Mars Jump Room program with, uh, with his dad as a handler and went to Mars multiple times through different stargates, but he also claims that he's traveled back in time and he has this terrible picture that he claims is of himself as a child, which is, by the way, seems to be the only physical evidence that any of these people have tried to come up with. Oh, and don't forget, he claimed that he was going to run and win the presidency this uh, past election. So far, n- no win. Yes, yeah, see, I, I, I thought Trump he said he won that. I, I thought he said that he knew he was going to lose. No, no, he, he, he was certain he was going to win this thing. And I because I think that was his deal. Uh, is that he knew he was going to lose, but he's not going to lose next time or something. It, it's it's. Preposterous! Well, it's, it's that's maybe that maybe when he came up with the, like you know do a little damage control. But I mean, I heard early on, I heard it from his well, own sure. website that oh he was in this to win it, and he was going to be the president. There was going to be a calamity where the left and the right are going to like break down, and the Republicans and Democrats are going to like be at war, and that he's going to come in as the people's president, and he was going to win, and this and that, and gibbity yabbity boop bop, and nothing happened. I haven't got into it with him on uh, on Facebook. Did you? It. Yeah, I was like, hey, Andy, uh, what, what happened, buddy? I thought you were going to be president. And he's like, <laughs> and, and then, of course, he, like, he completely blew me off. Like, uh, and I, oh, well, you know, these things, uh, they, they're, they're going to take their place when they take their place. But just keep supporting my website and, you know, just make sure you, uh, you go to my lectures. And I'm like, and I had, I just had a little gasket, man. I just, I, I had it out with them and it wasn't pretty. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. That you got to hold him. His handler seems to be. And I'm using that for a lot of people, but his handler seems to be Alfred Weber, who sort. I don't know if he found him or what, but if you know Alfred Weber, he supports yep. a lot of New Age people like yep. Laura Eisenhower and a host of other uh, people who seem to come up with a story that has zero evidence whatsoever, None. but is entertaining to some. Sometimes it's just. Really bad, like horrible. Okay. Well, here's the thing: when I brought up the picture, for example, and I'm like, dude, like your face is blurred out in that picture. Like, you, you can't even tell like who that is. You know? Oh, how, the, how is the, uh, <laughs> somebody did. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, the chat room's buzzing, which is always great. It's just hard when people crack you up. So I try not to look at it too much. Yeah, so Larry uh, did vote for Sergio for president. I agree. Hey, look, you know what? It's funny because I tried to vote for Andy B for president. Somebody stopped me. I'm just going to say that right now, but I did it. Somebody with a rational mind? No, nobody's not. Yeah, nobody messed up my my mind, I swear. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. Anyways, Uh, listen. So this symposium this year, how how could you do this? Chase Klosky, please reach out. I mean, maybe this is like comedy hour at the uh, MUFON symposium. Maybe maybe this is just a joke. It's a ruse. Maybe Ashton Kutcher will pop out of the woodwork and be like, hey, everybody's being punked. Yeah, look, Ashton Kutcher would be a much better speaker as far as credibility. I mean, this is the bottom of the barrel. Why don't they start booking Jonathan Reed and the Alien Burrito story? Or why don't they get John Teeter? <laughs> or just find a guy that says he's John Teeter. This is the kind of shit that I'm talking about. 
where this stuff is just going in the toilet. Now, it's funny because I read this and I was very disturbed about it. And sure enough, who walks on the red carpet last night at 2 in the morning uh, during the Dr. Stephen Greer event for Unacknowledged is the new head of MUFON. And apparently they've been friends for 20 years, and he seems like a really nice guy. Uh, so, you know, one of these days it would be great to get somebody as a spokesperson, and I think Chase is one well, of my favorites. Um, I could probably get Chase and a few others. Actually, I met Chase, a very nice lady. Well, she's uh, been on the show, remember? She's been yeah, on the yeah, show. Yeah. I love her. But, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the kicker. And this is what, uh, you know, the only thing i got to say uh, in dealing with them booking Andy B and and uh, having this kind of person at the event, uh, MUFON, the institution, and the way they investigate cases is one thing. MUFON, the symposiums and the, these events, when I went to the one in Orlando, let me tell you, uh, there weren't exactly all scientists there. There were a lot of folks in the fringe uh, part of ufology there, a lot of the NDBs of the, of the ufology world uh, were there, and we mingled with some of these folks, and, you know, they're nice people. Some of these are very nice folks. They're crazy as hell. Batshit crazy, but yes, very nice, nice folks. But right. but a lot of them are very nice folks, and some of them, when you know, when you talk to them in person, and uh, you get to hear their story, and you know, and you get to see what you know they claim they went through. Uh, you know, some of it actually comes off a little bit more legit than when you watch it on YouTube or or something like that. There's a couple of stories in there. One is a gentleman named Frank. I can't remember his last name, but um, he had an encounter in the woods with this. Uh, and this is actually a very funny story, Jesse. He encountered a being, which was like this giant, like six foot uh, eight or nine, giant black, like super, like like tar black, like glowing black type of being in the woods. And uh, this thing uh, jumped into the tree as soon as it saw him, and like he just kind of scared away. And this thing jumped away into this thing where there was a light in the yard, and he ran after it, tried to chase it, and uh, the thing disappeared. It's like what he thought was a craft or something. Uh, very fat, you know, like a pretty interesting story. And he was, he had his own booth, and he's you know he has a book and everything. That he wrote about his case. And the funniest thing is, you know, we were talking to him. Uh, actually, I was just chatting with him, uh, you know, at the convention. And uh, we had a booth right in, in front of his, and uh, in kind of in between uh, lectures and stuff, we were just like there was nobody really walking around or anything. It was just kind of empty. And we struck, struck up a conversation about his story, and he started telling me what happened. And then a African American gentleman walks in, and he starts asking him about his book and about his case. So he starts telling him the story, and I tell you the stare that I got when he got to the part that this giant black being was in the woods that jumped into the tree. And when he gets to that, because I heard the story already once, and he's repeating it. When he says it to this African-American gentleman, all three of them, like, all three of us just, like, stopped for a second, and everybody just looked at me, like, and then we looked at him. Then we looked at the African-American gentleman. And we all had that moment, like, clearly, like, yeah, that kind of just happened. Like, he said that to a black guy. And, no, and he yeah, could, yeah. but it was funny. Like he picked it right up, and he continued his story. And uh, funny enough, the uh, the African American uh, gentleman who was there as just a uh, a visitor, you know, it, uh, I guess a uh, a fan of Mufon, and uh, he had his own encounter, and he told me uh, his uh, abduction case. And he was supposed to do an interview with us, but he kind of chickened out because he didn't want to really be on on air and stuff. But he did tell me uh, offhand, you know, what happened to him and, and his family and his kids were involved and stuff and very scary stuff. I was like, man, you should write a script and like take it to Hollywood. Cause it's well, like, the, no, you bring stuff. up a, 
okay, you bring up a good point, and we should take a second to talk about, which is that some of these Frank people... Sattler, ma- the guy's name, Frank Sattler. Frank Sattler. Well, many anyway. of these people are very nice, and you run into them. I've run into these folks, too, at the conventions, and these folks, sometimes they're, they're abuse victims, some of right. the abductees, uh, yep. some, some of the hybrids that claim to be hybrids, uh, abuse victims, sexual abuse victims, rape victims. So you want to tread lightly, uh, especially yep. when I've interviewed countless ab- uh, abductees, as you have, and mm-hmm. some of them you know right away this person has been hurt by terrestrial people. And right. be careful, you know, as far as, yep. you know, let's try to tread lightly. So I get that. The problem is is that it's starting to really affect the mainstream or the acceptable people in this genre. And this is a problem. So I'm trying to be as tactful as possible to point this out to folks. It's not that I dislike Corey Good. No, I understand. It's not that I just yeah. But my my whole point was that, you know, the events themselves are one thing compared you know, they're not really comparable to like what MUFON actually does on a day to day basis. When it comes to like them investigating cases or actually, uh, you know, keeping records of certain of certain things, I mean, you can't really compare the, the symposiums to that. Because symposiums, at the end of the day, are there to make money and you know. But and there should be uh, there should be a, a bar. There used to be. Oh, I agree. Okay, and yeah, and, and they there. have th- obviously lowered it very very low because yeah, yeah. Uh, none of these people that I just mentioned, both Corey Good and Andy B. Uh, neither one of them will be able to pro- uh, provide any proof whatsoever of their claims. That is something that should not be a part of MUFON. It makes them look bad to me, and it makes them look shifty, and it makes them look like you said. They're just going towards ticket sales on that one. So, well, here's the thing. If they if they don't allow him and uh, Frank Settler and a bunch of these other uh, New Ager uh, people with crazy outlandish stories they won't be accepted there either so it'll be very quiet and very very small symposiums from now on because there's no evidence in ufology about almost anything when you think there is most of the time it turns out to, to be bullshit it's the same thing with bigfoot and a lot of these other you know phenomenons well yeah there's right. a lot of stories but at the end of the day there's zero evidence to any other stuff there's just a lot of people with a lot of stories and a lot of agendas and that's the problem with all these symposiums yeah if you start eliminating people like all these folks which hey i'm not in favor of having them be there don't get me wrong because you know i hate the bastard but that's not the point the point is if you start eliminating all the people that we don't like you're going to have a very short symposium and very, very empty when it comes to... I get it. I get it, man. I I really get it, okay? At that point, why do you bother having the symposiums at all? Because I don't don't agree with you. The the, the symposium that I'm talking about, you'd have people like a Dolan. That's what you expected a MUFON symposium. Yeah, but how much evidence does Dolan have? How much does he have? Evidence-wise, how much does he have? Really? Seriously, he actually has plenty of evidence. Okay, uh, eyewitness testimony, That's radar, sightings, things of that nature. That's the kind of science that we're talking about. We're not talking about this new age takeover bullshit. Yeah, but eyewitness testimony is not evidence. It's circumstantial at best. It depends on the quality of the messenger. Not even. It's been That's proven what it's that... all about for the most part. Mm. If you have a guy like Gordon Cooper tell you on his deathbed, an American hero, that he witnessed a daylight sighting, of a UFO that landed at Edwards Air Force Base, and it wasn't ours. And the guy tells you that, like he told James Fox on video years ago before he passed away, 
That is amazing. That is something that's high level. Astronauts that want to talk. Brian O'Leary, who was supposed to be one of the first men on Mars. That's the kind of guy you bring to MUFON. Daniel Sheenan, who worked for But Carter. none of that is evidence. All that is circumstantial. Oh, come on. All right, I'm moving on. This is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Stan Romanek update. We don't have oh, one this week. Okay. Uh, the update is, if you didn't listen to last week's show, get your ass over there after this because it was good. And I don't say that too often about my own stuff because I have low self-esteem. However, this was a he good really show. Does. Don't you? Yep. I know. It's a problem I've always had. It's a Jewish thing. Okay. So go listen to that show, please. Tell me what you think. If you want us to have Stan on, maybe we'll ask him to come on. But I, I for right now, I think uh, we need to digest first. And I, to be honest with you, I'm a little scared to have him on right now because I, there's a lot of emotions going on. And also, if the guy's guilty, I don't want him on either. You know what I mean? So it's better to just talk about him right now and, and play yeah. play these interviews. Well, even, even, talk, even talking about him, though, Jesse, you got to, like, tread – Carefully, because I mean, there's certain things you can say, can't say, and of course, you, yeah, you know, there's certain things uh, that you don't want to go over because there is a trial, and you know, you don't want to get into a, to a point that you become liable for something. That, you know, we said on air, but or I become uh, a witness, and I end up getting, yeah. you know, uh, somebody, uh, you know, I get a, I get called. You know, I don't want that. I don't yeah, need to. I don't need a subpoena. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but either way, this, this is this, this road that we've decided to go down, you and I, which is moving forward. How do we do something different here that isn't being done 24-7 on uh, public radio, which is, you know, we are really doing case studies on some of these folks. Next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pimp it right now, Angel. We're doing case study on a guy named Bashar that I've brought up many times. We're going to be talking about channeling next week. And we're going to be playing you a lot of hand-picked channeling sessions, excerpts, etc., explanations, claims, and how this is affecting ufology as well. These are subgenres of New Age that were always there, but now their momentum has changed. And I go back to the MUFON Symposium one more time, Angel, because something I forgot to mention is, is that their theme this year is the Secret Space Program. And the reason is, is exactly some of the reasons you brought up. Which is, hey, the the real world, the link to astronomy, the link to mainstream science is boring. There's not enough, maybe. There's not enough people doing the hard-nosed stuff. It's not in universities, obviously, this subject. So we're going to change gears and allow some of these uh, cuckoos uh, with no proof from New Age Town to come in. Because they get a good draw. They do great hyping on the social media. And we need the we need the funds to keep the train rolling on the track. So I think you're right there. Okay, we do agree there, but I don't. I think there's plenty of proof out there. And unfortunately, what happens is guys like uh, guys like Dolan will get pulled into some of these scams once in a while, and it really hurts them. Like we talked about with the Jaime Musan uh, debacle last year. Okay, moving on. Channeling show next week. Spotlight Bashar talked about that. Talked about everything, I believe, here. I think we're, we're almost done. Uh, if you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to uh, support the network. Listen to the programs. They're good programs, and people work very hard on them. Uh, I enjoy uh, many of the programs on this show, and it's very hard work for Angel and the rest of us to do them. So the best way you can support our show, Euphonaut, uh 
is either watch some of the old videos. I don't put too much on YouTube anymore, but the New Guard Network is still up, and there's plenty there. The uh, Colonel Corso's son mm-hmm. uh, interview has still been uh, – this was a, a, a hidden recording, not hidden, but it was lost, uh, that I had managed to do with him a number of years back. He doesn't really do interviews, so it's a good one. Uh, if you're interested in the Corso case, of course, the day after Roswell, and I wish – Colonel Corso was still around because I have plenty of questions for him. However, the new man on the scene is this gentleman, Bill Tompkins, of course, who uh, brought up another interesting issue before we jump into our show tonight, which was uh, something that Greer brings up, and I wanted to just touch on it. Greer brings up this sort of fascination with people saying that aliens that people encounter are usually white and beautiful. And it's kind of interesting because the Pleiadians, which are the good aliens, right, are usually these blonde Nordic types, right, a la, you know, Aryan uh, type beings, okay? So that's kind of interesting. It's like an alien extraterrestrial racism that's already starting. And the other guys yeah, are... Yeah, why isn't there any Latino aliens? Like? Right, that's what I'm saying. So it's really interesting. I'm from planet Cuba, like... <laughs> You know what? It could. But anyway, it's something to think about, and it's something that I've been pondering, which is this uh, extraterrestrial alien racism that has really kind of injected itself throughout the years. Because, you know, the bad aliens are always the small guys or the ugly guys or the smelly guys. And then there are these beautiful blonde (laughs) Nordic beings that are here to save us. So you know, every, every, time we say, uh, every time we say bad aliens or good aliens, it reminds me of Phil, uh, UFO Phil. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, because you know, he has uh, the good aliens, which are the blue aliens, the bad aliens are the red aliens. Makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. I love UFO when Phil. I, that's my boy. Yeah, so, when I was younger, something uh, I always thought before I got into the subject was that all – a lot of people were from different areas of the galaxy. For instance, you know, Asian people were um, tied to a certain race of beings, and and so forth. Actually, so, you know, it's funny you say that because I actually believed that for a long time. Also, that we all kind of just like ended up here by happenstance, like over like millennia. Like you know, it was like one ship crashed. There was like a bunch of Asian dudes just jumped out of the ship, and then you know, a hundred years later, another ship crashed, and a bunch of like Indian-looking dudes just jumped out of the ship. Oh my, we're here at this planet. What, what, how did we get here? And then you know, a few hundred years passed, and then a bunch of Caucasians landed here. Like, hey, how did we land on this planet? You know, everybody spoke English, which was great. Then another thousand years passed, and then you know, black folks showed up, and it was you know, great. We had a melting pot. It was a beautiful thing, all these different kind of people landing from all over the uh, the cosmos. I kind of had that thought as a kid. So did I. Like, I thought maybe there was a black Made planet. More yeah. Well, there was, and there was supposedly a fear of the black planet, at least according to, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, a couple of rap groups in the 90s. But then, but then I started learning more when I, when I was going to school, and I started getting very Public cynical. Enemy number and- one. And I thought maybe that, you know, okay, Jesus was probably black, the Egyptians were probably black, and basically white people started rewriting history because they didn't like what, you know. Oh, no, no, well, Jesus, the Bible tells you that Jesus is not a a white guy. I mean, the the Bible itself says that he had hair of wool and skin like bronze. I mean, if that's not a Denzel Washington-looking brother, like, I don't know what is, like. 
really. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's a good point. Although he could have been tanning. He could have been. I mean, he could, <laughs> the, let's be honest. He's he's in the Middle East. Yeah. So it's a very good chance he doesn't he's a there. black guy. Well, not only that, but it's a good chance he wasn't a black guy or a white guy. He was somewhere in the middle, like a Middle Eastern. He had looked like a uh, Arab or something, you know, along those lines, but uh, but darker skinned. So, I mean, that's more or less what the, this Jesus would look like if the Bible is correct. Not the blonde, blue eyes, you know, Nordic-looking Jesus. Yeah, that's the thing. They may, they uh, you, you really can't even believe the stories. So, um, you got to do your own research. Okay. Let's do this. Let's jump right in and start this show, shall we? Are you ready, Angel? Well, I am ready. We've got about uh, 18 minutes before break, so we've got a, a good chunk of time here That's to uh, play some stuff. Tons of so, time. We've got tons of time. What I want to do first is just give you a quick background on what, what uh, why we're using Solaris as a case study to talk about targeted individuals or TI. Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. So, Solaris Blue Raven, she is a, a gal who, uh, uh, a woman that claims, uh, and I'm just going to read this. It's a lot easier what her claims are. Uh, there's been a ton of people who have made comments throughout the years about her. Uh, so it's better to read a little bit about her. And then what I want to do is jump into the uh, Carrie Cassidy video uh, interview with her. I think uh, Carrie did a pretty good job. Yes. And- uh, I, I think it's a good way to just kind of sit back and listen to some of the claims. Uh, but basically, Solaris Blue Raven is a published author, claims to be a clairvoyant, remote viewer, a healer, and a systems buster for MK-related projects. Uh, of course, re- referring to MK Ultra, which was a real government study to try and control the human mind that went from the 50s to the 60s. Solaris says that she is the victim of MK Ultra attacks, which is what she claimed on the show. Who would do Correct. such a thing to her? And she is claiming that Neil Pert, the drummer for the Canadian band Rush, and Rush's security manager, Michael Mossbach, were behind all of this. Uh, she has made claims that beyond Pert and Mossbach, her attackers have included Getty Lee, who's the lead singer and bass player of Rush, and Alex Lyson, the guitar player, others involved with Rush, Pert's wife, or his second wife, or third wife, I believe. Uh, she claims that these attacks began after she was brought to Pert's attention when she sent him a copy of one of her books. She also claims that other people she knows were watched and heard voices as well. She claims that Mossbach, this is the head of security for Rush, and Pert, the drummer, have called her and emailed her Constantly, and we know, uh, Angel, that we asked her to provide some of that, and uh, her response was? Crickets. Well, she, she actually said she had a few postcards, but she set them on fire in her cauldron. Yeah. She, yeah. Uh, she, trespassing on her property and trying to kill her. Uh, she has also claimed that Neil Pert, by the way, they use her real name in this, which I'm not going to do because uh, everybody can use whatever name they want. I don't want to, I don't want to say that what that is. He's um, claimed that Neil Pert has done this to multiple women, Blue Raven suggests, even saying once that that was how she got, uh, he got wives and girlfriends. She claimed that Pert sexually assaulted and abused her through the devices and hypnotized her with a drum solo. 
She said that MK Ultra devices were used in the deaths of Neil Peart's first wife, Jackie Taylor, and their daughter, Selena, and that he was involved with both of their deaths. He hypnotized her with his drum solo. Pretty heavy claims. She says that Peart, Peart has ruined her life, causing a divorce from her husband. She lost money, and she wants to uh, exact a form of revenge against the band. Uh, Mossbach has a restraining order against her, um, and I've seen the restraining order, so it is real. Um, and she had a concealed weapon permit, which was uh, taken away, revoked, when the restraining order was issued. So she was kind of warned to stay away from, and people were warned, you know, if you see her at a rush show, alert your local security, yada, yada, yada. So she came on the show. She was booked. If you didn't hear the show, you can go back in the archives and listen to it. It, it is an absolute debacle, this show. It, it, this show gave me a 6 o'clock headache like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I, I don't have this happen too often, but it does happen once in a while where you sort of just have somebody on. You cross your fingers. Now, the weird part was that I have a small background with the band as far as I was an Uber fan as a child. And my friend growing up. That part is weird, yeah. Well, it was weird, and she didn't know about it uh, before the interview. And I, I, I don't didn't know, know about it before the interview. I, just, well, I was as shocked. Just, yeah, I mean, it's not something that I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even, it's not a big deal. But uh, right, right, person, right, 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 of course. But you're right. Now, should I have told her right up front? No, I didn't want to do that on purpose because I thought she would get defensive. Uh, my background real quick is that the, uh, the kid that I grew up with, one of my best friends since kindergarten, is very good friends with the band for probably 20 years now and on a level of families uh, getting together and such. So I've I've gone to some shows. I've hung out with the band a few times, uh, minus Neil Peart, and I'll be – I'll disclose that right now. And basically the, I thought they were top-notch nice people. They were very silly and fun, and throughout the years I've heard terrific stories from my friend – who's been everywhere from their homes to their recording studios and on tour with them because, after all, he really is – he started as an Uber fan, okay? Uh, they were a great band, and they retired a couple of years ago. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, their lyrics are very uh, introspective and dreamy and fantasy-oriented, and they take you on a journey for sure. They're a progressive rock band, prog rock meaning it's very uh, intricate, difficult, um, fl- uh, flurries of notes, fills, etc. A lot of uh, instrumental masturbation, if you will. In fact, a lot of people, you know, if you've seen Rush concerts, people are, you know, air guitaring or air drumming. And uh, I was one of those kids. That's what I loved, you know, and I was a guitar player back then. So I, I loved Rush and, and I'm not alone. Most bands from the Foo Fighters to Smashing Pumpkins, some of my favorite artists, will go back and say Rush was one of their main primary influences when they were taking up the guitar. So there you have it. I have a small background. She comes on the show, and right off the bat, I thought something was off because the – and I put aside the claims for a second and said, you know, I can be impartial. You know, if you have some sort of proof of some of this stuff, if you're going to go out there and say that Neil Pert had something to do with his wife's death and his daughter's death, 
Well, you better be able to come up with some proof because that Correct. is yeah. heavy duty stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's, it's, it's mean. If you don't have the proof, you should have no business saying something like that, in my opinion. She also claimed that the, the members of the band do lots of drugs, which I know is not true. In fact, these gentlemen like wine and that's about it. They're as old folks as you can get. In fact, when they were on tour with Kiss, and this was one of their first tours, they were young guys. Uh, Getty Lee, who his real name, I believe, uh, was a lot more of a Jewish name. He was raised as an Orthodox Jewish boy. So, uh, by well, no means. Yeah, but here's the thing, Jesse. Even if they did drugs, who cares? They're rock and roll stars, man. Rock and roll stars do drugs. So this is like, well, 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 that's a revelation in rock and rollers that do drugs. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I get that. The problem is, uh, the problem is, is, is that yet to make those kind of claims without any sort of proof is, is, is borderline a crime. Okay. Oh, it so is. I agree, would yeah. consider, consider uh-huh. it a crime uh, because you're putting it in writing and you're, you're going out on lecture tours and such at secret soldier parties and saying this malarkey as well as tons of internet radio and the like like she did with our show so here here we here we gave her a couple hours of our time and what i think is good to do is to uh why don't we run the carrie cassidy video because i what i wanted to do was give you some sort of uh different take on someone who's hearing about these claims for the first time as well which was carrie and keep in mind carrie is uh very open-minded almost too much for my liking, okay? And sometimes I mm-hmm. play around with Carrie Cassie on the radio. I respect the fact that she goes out and does a ton of interviews, okay? And I find her incredibly entertaining. Again, I have my issues with people, and that's what talk radio is all about. But let's go ahead and listen so you just don't think, well, you just read her wrong or whatever, Jess. And, you, you know, let's just listen to it together and, and go from there, okay? So yeah, why don't we by, by the way, by the way, yeah, she didn't spend a couple hours with us. She spent like literally under an hour. She spent like, I think, like 45 minutes or something like that. Uh, and this is a mistake she also made in, her, in one of the audio clips where she's like, I gave him two hours of my time. No, we have a two-hour show. She was part of a segment which was for like 40 minutes. And then she hung up. Remember we had like 10 minutes after the show, after she hung up? And that's where we started talking about what we just experienced. And then she called back in. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to get to that. So, uh, you know, where it went south for sure. Right. Because right, right. this interview really was fine for a good portion of it because I just was letting her go. And she speaks very, very quickly. So yeah. I missed a lot of what she was trying to say anyway because it was too fast. Yeah. So the, the, the funny thing is, Jesse, before we play the clip here, the funny thing is that go ahead, folks, yeah. uh, folks that at first attacked us because what she said we, that we did to her, after they actually heard the show, because they hadn't heard it at that point yet, a few of them came back and said, man, we're sorry because we just heard the show, and you guys were actually pretty nice. You were really polite to her during the show. Yes, Which absolutely. we were. We were. And, we were like, and extremely I don't, polite. And I appreciate that. I don't need the uh, the uh, the valid uh, validation. However, uh, it is nice to hear that. I, I know that we were nice, and I don't feel guilty at all. I'm not yep. trying to... Uh, just as a disclaimer for this program, I'm using her as a case study because she was on the program. She is probably one of the only guests we've had that have gone outside of the program afterwards to attack us. So I think it's fair yep. that we can use her as a case study for this uh, targeted in- individual conversation. Okay, let's go for it. Here we go.
Hi, I'm Carrie Cassidy from Project Camelot, and I'm here with Solaris Blue Raven. And we're going to be just interviewing Solaris and, and hearing a bit about her own experiences um, as a super soldier, sort of, uh, well, we'll get into all of that. So at this point, Solaris, do you want to give an introduction for yourself? Sure. Um, I can go back to 2004, which was my original induction date. So everything was normal for me up until April of 2004 when I was inducted into a covert assault program, which dealt with synthetic telepathy, remote viewing, uh, remote manipulation, and um, a lot of other programs that were running pattern recognition, numbers, codes, frequencies. And I had a live handler at that time, which was identified, and this was also involving a high-profile band in the rock and roll music industry. Okay. Uh, are you able to say which band? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it was actually Rush, the band Rush, the Canadian oh. band Rush, Neil Peart. Was, um, I sent my book, to backtrack a little bit, uh, original book that I wrote, Transmutation Through Ascension, to Neil Peart back in 2004, and within a week of him receiving this, I, my home was completely inundated with surveillance. My computer was bugged, my phone was bugged, I was bugged, I was remotely manipulated and assaulted with psychotronic programming, and this was 24-7, so I went through a big ordeal with that. Okay, so let me, let me just sort of try to understand this. You sent the, was, is, is, is that the lead singer? It's the drummer for Rush. The drummer. Yeah, he's the drummer. Okay, so you sent the dr drummer for for Rush mm -hmm. your book. Correct. Transportation and, through Ascension. Yes. All right. And after that, you were inundated by surveillance. Correct. Okay. And prior to that, you didn't feel that you were? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, my life was normal. I was happily married. I had a great life. Yeah. Okay. And I had correspondence with Neil Peart a long, long time ago, so it wasn't like he didn't know who I was. But what was strange was this whole thing just kind of happened with the surveillance and the psychotronic programming as soon as I sent that book. Okay, and when he received the book, did he write back? I had correspondence on an email from his, supposedly the person that was manipulating his email account, uh -huh. which was actually later on, Michael J. Mosbach is the, is the producer, well he's not a producer, but he's the director of surveillance security for Rush, and he was actually involved as my life handler at the time. Okay, when you say your life ha handler, how did that manifest? Well, they interfaced with me live feed real-time with synthetic telepathy, and Michael J. Mosbach was the live handler involved with that, along with the band members originally, and then it was diverted to a covert intelligence department. But they were the live ones there. Um, Michael was the one training me, programming me, and pretty much was responsible for what happened to me, along with Neil Peart, who had actually hired him for the job. Okay. W hired him for what job? For the surveillance, um, for basically doing the illegal work that they did in my house. I mean, basically manipulating me with remote technology, interfacing me onto their communication system with dealt with synthetic telepathy, but also training me how to speak in communication with the synthetic telepathy. It was more than just a, you know, me hearing things. It was live feed with a real handler agent. Um, it was like my body was being taken over by my handler at that time. Okay. Well, how did how did you get... I guess I don't understand. How did you get involved with the handler person? The handler was hired by Neil Peart to do the job. Basically, he he's he works for Neil Peart. He's the director of surveillance security for Rush. Mm -hmm. He also has an Ashkelon background in surveillance and covert technology. He's contracted with government, military, high-profile personnel. So he has access to the to the black budget communication system, if you want to call it that. But, I mean, in other words, maybe this gets into your sort of your past more so, but mm -hmm. uh, I am curious because I do have a background um, working in, the, in music in the past. Um, 
are you saying, that, how did he, in other words, they don't come to your door and say, oh, hi, we're going to sur- surveil you. What, what, what happened? Did he, was this manifested as a, a romantic relationship and then morphed into something else, or, yeah. or what was the situation? It was remote. Um, it was remote manipulation. So basically, it's a satellite-driven technology. Um, everything that they did was an induction. I wasn't taken out of my home, but I was driven out of my home through the, through the psychotronic programming. And, of course, Michael J. Mosbach being one of the life handlers, and Neil Peart, Gailey, and Alex Eisen were also actually involved in that whole ordeal. So this was their, basically them, live feed in real time with communication system and the access of, of tapping into my electromagnetic field and tagging me with real-time data, which is what happened. Okay, but how did you detect this? Well, I'm very psychic to begin with, and I knew because I'm naturally clairvoyant. So as soon as I started hearing this man-made communication system, I was very aware that it wasn't um, natural. It was man-made, and I actually told them that. I said, this is man-made, and you know, I started actually joking about it at first, but then it became very abusive, um, remote manipulation, sexual manipulation also that did happen. Um, they surge out your chakras and your sexual centers, and they put you in a euphoric space where they can control and manipulate you and also program you, and that puts you in a space of trauma. At least it did for me. I was not verbally communicating with my husband at the time. Uh, we got divorced in four months' time, and at that point I was um, thwarted out of my house, and they told me I should go to a place of my choosing. And I went to Maui, and that's when my real handler, Michael J. Mosbach, did show up. So okay. person. And Michael J. Mosbach, you say real handler. What do you mean by well, that? Well, basically the man behind the mask in the communication system showed up at my door physically on Maui. And to do what? Well, because I was turning them in. I was basically, um, I wasn't going to put up with the abuse and manipulation, so I started contacting a lot of different areas in government, you name it, everybody across the globe, and also the White House, and tried to get everyone's attention about this. This is an abuse. I was being abused, harassed, stalked, manipulated, um, psychotronically programmed, and I wanted them to know. So Michael basically came out to, uh, to Maui and asked, how can we help? And he gave me his card, and it had um, Ash Kalan on it. It had his name on it. He said, um, don't con- contact anybody but me or Neil Peer. You can email us about this information, about this data. And that's what I did. I sent him every single thing I was hearing live feed. Everything that they were programming me to hear and see, I sent to Michael. And this, this perpetuated. He kept kind of stringing me along for years. And finally, in 2006, I had had enough of it. And I came back to the, um, to the mainland and went back home to Colorado. And I was living at a house there, and Michael wanted to see me again. So he shows up, and he asked me, how would you like to talk in front of a magistrate about this? And I said, sure. I said, but I need someone in my corner. And I was trusting him because he was like a handler still. But at the same time, I knew that obviously he wasn't on my side because nothing was resolved all these years with the psychotronic programming. So um, what happened was we did go to court, and he denied everything, um, the entire MKUltra. He just made fun of it in the courtroom, and it was dismissed. But it is public record. And I still have anomaly signatures and things in my body. I went through a hell of a lot of trauma over the years. Um, this happened in 2004. It took 10 years of my life away. Just, uh, years of my life okay, I think that get, Yeah, so that's a good, I think, synopsis wow. in her own words, which is what uh-huh. we're trying to do with the show now. Instead of paraphrasing, I wanted to allow this targeted individual, quote-unquote, to express what she thinks is happening to her, what she things has happened to her and these are major claims and i think a uh, i want to say normal i don't think that's a, a nice word to use but I, I would think that a normal person at this point would be saying number one this sounds insane and number two does this woman have any proof whatsoever and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about a lot of stuff and we've got plenty of more amazing clips of 
other targeted individuals because this is a really interesting subgenre of the uh, uh, kind of a byproduct of MK Ultra that folks are really clinging to, and it parlays into the super soldier subgenre, which also parlays, of course, into the SSP. So stick around. We're not going anywhere. We've got plenty more goodies for you. Chat room's buzzing. Thanks for being there, guys. This is Jesse Randolph, Angel Espino, Euphonaut Radio on a Monday night. Where else would you want to be except hanging out with us here in the bunker, Portland, Oregon? Don't go anywhere. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-9 That's 954-973-3374 or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man. Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. A Monday warrior, mean, mean strike. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride.
Yeah, baby. Yeah, we're back. If not radio Monday night, we're talking about targeted individuals. We're using our uh, interview with Solaris Blue Raven and the aftermath uh, of what happened when she was a guest on our program a couple months ago, which is available in the podcast PSN store on SoundCloud, of course. And the price is uh, incredibly low. It is 0.00. So check it out if you get a chance. Uh, We just heard an interview that Carrie Cassidy from Project Camelot, we like to give credit to everybody, no doubt, uh, did with Solaris. I believe that interview was conducted in 20, uh, 2006. Uh, of course, I don't really see that yep. the story has changed very much, so I don't really think the date should bother you very much at all. She's done plenty of interviews uh, afterwards that I've heard some of which, and of course our show where she pretty much regurgitates the same Spiel, am I right or wrong? Am I missing something? No, yeah, you're right. Okay. So I think the point of playing that clip was just to kind of get a, a take on Carrie, who seems kind of to be off-put uh, when she hears about what her story is. I don't know that she knew that going in because all of a sudden she was like, what are you talking about? To me, that's what it sounded like. And that doesn't happen very often with Carrie, but um, – when she said, how did – I think the, the main question that Carrie asked, which was good, to get to the meat and potatoes was, you know, how did you know that Neil Peart, the drummer of Rush and Michael Moshbach and all these other people, how did you know they were starting to mind control you? And she, her evidence of that was that uh, her clairvoyance was the reason. She is some sort of uh, sensitive – She's a natural clairvoyance. Natural, clairvoyant, class psychic, and remote right, viewer. Right. There you go. Tarot, oracle, timeline astrology sessions. Uh-huh. Uh, now, keep in mind, this is not just for the benefit of your mind expansion. This is a business, and that's why it's okay and important for people who do do a, a free program because they love the subject and live in it for years uh, and have seen these characters come and go to point them out and to just give you the straight scoop on what you've found through research, you know. And, for instance, Solaris has fees for her consultations, for her her works here, her astrology sessions and alike, her mystical scientist uh, backgrounds in the occult and exotic technology. She's also a skilled master teacher in the healing arts. Now, does this sound new age to you? Am I, am I crazy? Oh, completely. Okay. Yeah, this is uh, so, star seed, new agey. Very star seed. Crystal so for, child, yeah. Uh, yes, crystal child, uh, aura yeah. reading, etc. So yep. it sounds like, you know, the, the whole life expo in L.A. So for $133 an hour, you can get a consultation or a session, okay? What I don't a know what bargain. What's the extra three dollars <laughs> for? Well, is it, is it like a tax? I don't know. Well, that, we don't have don't know, we don't have tax in Oregon. No, that's that's for the Taco Bell afterwards. You know, she has to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> okay, food. so one hundred thirty-three dollars an hour, two hundred dollars an hour for an hour and a half, and then I bargain. guess if you're having like a, a panic attack or something, she'll do a seventy-five dollar quick session for thirty oh, minutes. Such a deal. Yeah, uh, and she will not tell you what you want to hear. She will communicate to you through a multi-universal compass 
a direction which perhaps will empower you on your journey, not only through this world, yet many multi-universes as well. So that's uh, if you wanted to acquire her services, you could do that. But you have to understand that uh, the reason that we're talking about this tonight, too, is not only to talk about what these targeted individuals have in common, which unfortunately I think I might have figured out after reading about um, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And that's something, uh, unfortunately, that might upset some of the folks in that community. Unfortunately, that's what we have to do in this subject when you have to be hardlined. When somebody says that they were abducted by aliens, they have to provide some sort of tangible evidence for us to believe it. We can listen to their story, and like I said, the mainstream radio programs, whether it's Fade to Black, Coast to Coast, Midnight in the Desert. Is Midnight in the Desert even still on, or do they cancel? Um, no, it's still, it's still going. Okay. Uh, well, any yeah. of these programs, they try to sort of take this neutrality uh, statement, they, that, uh, opinion, uh, stance, have you. So, for instance, people come on, if uh, uh, Captain Randy Kramer, another one of these characters, a guy who says he was a Marine, uh, stationed on Mars for about five or seven years. It doesn't really matter. The point being is that uh, Captain Randy Kramer has zero proof of the fact that he was stationed on Mars. He has a terrific story to tell. He seems like a terrific guy, a very nice person. But at the end of the day, yes, these people are making money from this. They do the lecture tour. They do the su super soldier summits. And the, now they're getting into MUFON symposiums, apparently. So... There's an angle here. Uh, do I think that Laura Eisenhower was asked to join uh, the Mars conti uh, uh, contingent to colonize Mars and she turned them down? No, I do not believe that. Why do I not believe that? Because she has no proof. Okay? Uh, so this is what we try to do. This isn't a, this isn't a hater group. This is an investigative program at this point. Just like if you watch 48 Hours or Dateline or any of that stuff, try to get to the meat and potatoes. So if that offends you, then you probably should stay in New Age land and listen to those programs. I would suggest Gaia because Gaia is a very kind of calming mechanism. A lot of these are. It's about you know getting you to relax, etc., and be open to different kind of things in that realm. And I think this is a perfect example. The only problem with this particular story are twofold. Number one, this person, Solaris Blue Raven, who is a targeted individual, self-proclaimed, as many of these folks are. And we're going to play some audio in a second of another individual who is pretty popular in the targeted individual subgenre. But some of the claims that Solaris made, which makes her stand out, are about individuals, real people. That exist, and the other folks sort of create these individuals, uh, a la Kathy O'Brien's, where they, you know, talk about, you know, it was some CIA officer named Gary, and things like that. That when they ask them to kind of name names or come up with proof, they just can't do it. And unfortunately, where this show stands is we don't take a neutral stance any longer. We've shifted gears. So some people will tune into this program now, Angel, and think that we're Skeptic Magazine, Michael uh, what's it, Michael Shermer, and we're not. We're ufology, gung-ho, 
diehards, but we also want to toe the line and we also want to try to clean it up a little bit. And we're trying to do it in the most respectful way possible. I don't think we got a lot of respect from Solaris post program. Uh, do we have any audio? Basically, do you want to explain what happened towards the end of the program? And then we can play some of the, is the, do you have the audio of what, what she, what she made post program? Well, um, I, I don't have that actual clip. Uh, I could get it if, uh, if, I, if I'm given a few minutes, but, uh, the gist of it is, you know, once we hung up with her, um, we kind of had an interaction, you and I, uh, on the show about, uh, you know, what exactly it was that we just heard and we kind of discussed her story and the connection with Rush and, and we played a hypothetical what if, you know, this is all a cover because she is, you know, a little crazy or because of this or that. And we were really playing the what if game. It wasn't really like anything uh, as we were like, you know, trying to attack her or anything of that nature. We were just trying to give examples of, well, what if this is a scenario or that's a scenario. And we we're really going to just dissect, you know, give different scenarios of what could be that really is happening. Because, it, you know, when somebody comes up with a story like this, uh, we can't say it's not true and we can't say it is true. There's no evidence one way or the other. We've got to just, we're a third party listener and we just got to dissect what's going on. And as we're going on about this and we're doing it, I've had a very, polite manner. I don't think we're being mean or anything, but she called back into the show because Skype has this little option that if you were on that original call and you, you're hung up on, you could actually hop right back into that call. So she jumped right back into the call and uh, a minute later she just started spewing, you know, like craziness. And she went uh, the very next day on YouTube, which I have a clip of this, and she started talking about her interaction with PSN and uh, the show and how she came back on the air and and uh, she lit our asses on fire, and you know she did this and she did that, and and she tore a new asshole. And this is like these are the words coming out of this person who claims to be you know the spiritually advanced human being. Right, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, her her language and choices of words very are not angry. something that yeah, are not only very angry, but are not indicative with somebody who's making the claims that she is who she is. I mean, I would think that she would be above that and more advanced. First of all, somebody who is making these claims and has this uh, you know this advanced knowledge of the universe and is clairvoyant and is uh, you know a spiritual uh, you know healer. I don't think would, you know, bother with somebody, you know, dissecting and talking about their claims. If anything, she should be embracing that and explain away uh, certain situations to try to make us not only understand what she's talking about, but maybe even believe her because, you know, it is extraordinary claims. So instead of getting angry, she should have just embraced the moment if she wanted to call back in and explain, you know, certain things that we were talking about and explain away why it wasn't this thing that she was making up, but why it really happened. And, you know, she could try to explain away the whole thing with Rush as much as she want, uh, but that's that's the hardest part of the entire thing that she's coming up with uh, for me because I just don't see Rush, the band, or anybody involved with the band going that extra mile and doing this to any human being. It just, it makes no sense. If you're telling me, like, Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'd believe that. That's, Axl Rose is crazy. But Rush, really? I mean, Rush? <laughs> but no, it goes further than that. In fact, I know it's just, uh, as it's I started to though. delve into this, because I didn't realize how huge the subgenre of targeted individuals is. I mean, if you go on YouTube and type in targeted individuals. Oh, there's a lot, yeah. I did not know this because I'm a ufology guy. This is 
this is the problem. This new age stuff is just creeping up on but here, everything. But here's the thing, Jesse, and not to be mean, but here's the thing, Jesse. When you look at a lot of these individuals and you see a lot of these videos, what's the one thing that pops up immediately? They look psycho. I mean, they do, there's a, a little spark in their eye of crazy. And, you know, that's it, it is what it is. I mean, that's what most of these folks are. They're just a little nutty. And you've got to understand that and, and balance that out. Um, you know, I'm not saying this hilarious is crazy. I'm not trying to go there. But let's just say that the way she acted, well. It was very passionate. She was very upset. Uh, let's go to. Uh, one of the next clips, I think. Didn't you have uh, any clips of her talking about? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got a, I got a nice ten minute yeah. clip here of her um, going in on us. So this was. Well, lay the groundwork. What, what is this clip of? Uh, this is a. Uh, she did a YouTube video of the on the twenty ninth of November, uh, which is the day after, I believe, of the uh, of the show, and she's talking about exactly what happened on the show and uh, when she called back in. And now, like you can hear her her side of this thing. And by the way, again, she she claims that she claims that she spent two hours on the radio with us. No, again, she spent about forty minutes on the, on the show. Yeah, and this is the funniest part. You can go back to the archive and listen for yourself and listen how long she was on the show for, and then understand that every time she says, "Ah, oh, I give him two hours of my time." No, lady, like. You didn't, first of all. So even little facts like that, she gets wrong. So, I mean, this is supposed to be a clairvoyant lady, right? She's supposed to be psychic, natural psychic. Yeah, she's a clairvoyant psychic. She's naturally, naturally clairvoyant, right? Is it, well, so so is uh, Corey Good, by the way. Most of the people in New Age are. Uh, yeah, let's, yeah. Pl- let's play the clip. Yeah, let's do that. Here we go. The information Thanks. that I have is my own experience as being a test pilot, looking at the technology, also the people involved, parties involved. As you all know, um, PSM was just shameful last night, so I did put a witch file out. Of course, the audio didn't come out very good, but literally um, not even prepared to interview me. And, and you know what's really interesting, as, as I, I touched on this a little bit, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of it, but literally when you're out there and you're doing interviews, um, and I've done a lot of interviews with people I've, I've interviewed, and I've been a host where I've interviewed a lot of people, thousands of people. And I'm very courteous and respectful to everybody. And it's really interesting. I would never, ever in a billion years hang up with my guests and I sit there and start bashing them. It's just what had happened. And I can tell you point blank, they were they were 100% off. And I'd like to call them out on it again. But you know what? It's going to hit them in the ass. And shame on you people. I have to say you've been had. If you don't know that I've been telling the truth since 2004 with all this data, even if it sounds really wild, especially about the band Rush, I have to tell you, man, you've been had because I've been telling you the truth. I'm the only one who's going to be telling you the truth, and nobody out there in California is going to tell you the truth. All right, let me stop it right there real quick. Okay. When somebody uh, tells you, like, straight up like that, like, I'm the only one that's telling you the truth, that's manipulation, right? That's brainwashing. Well, it's, it, it's, it's actually, and again, let's bring it back into mainstream science, which is what I'm trying to do with this subject as we go along here so that New Age doesn't just swallow it up. And by 2020, if you want to see some ufology folks or MUFON folks, you got to go to the Whole Life Expo or something. Um, this is what I'm talking about, is that not only are these people sort of inventing these concoction stories, but then they are writing books and with the power of YouTube, etc. This person in particular, Solaris, is I rate that people don't believe her, and she's obviously an intelligent person, so that kind of tends to 
steer you towards a medical psychological issue when people feel that way um, or they feel paranoid. And I think you know where I'm going with that. You just have to do the research. And at one Mm -hmm. point during the interview, in a very ginger fashion, gingerly, I asked Solaris if she had sought out any professional help uh, from a psychologist or a psychiatrist, etc., which is not something to be shameful for if something traumatic happened to you. And uh, I believe she was angry about that as well. So correct, yeah. That's the problem here is that you know you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't believe this person, you are evil. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so that 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 like you said, that's a red flag. Let's yep. let's get back to it. Here we go. He lied to his grave. Okay. He had 13 years to come clean. He lied to me under oath. He stabbed me in the back in the courtroom. He will never come clean. He will lie through his teeth, and he's lied about files and every bit of information he's tried to put against against me and all sorts of designs. So. Uh, when I look and see what's gone, gone on in the past um, and how they're behaving, and then I look and see how bought and sold people are in the illusion of mainstream media or even alternative media. And once again, everybody, you have to be really careful about the alternative media because not everybody's there for, for good intentions. I see a lot of competition. I see a lot of jealousy. I see a lot of envy. I see a lot of plagiarism. You know, uh, this guy hadn't even heard of synthetics love with me. I mean, he's like, of course, I was the first one to start talking about this stuff because I was breaking down the technology. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of scientists out there who like to talk about it. You know, I, I love Dr. Richard Allen Miller, but he's old school. He talks about the old school telepathy program. I'm talking about the new stuff, the new kids on the block. Technology-wise, blows all that out of the water. So once again, um, it's kind of interesting to watch how people can be and how can how can they even function from day to day being such a a group of spiteful, hateful people. But that's how they function. So. Um, I don't have much to say about it other than the fact that I don't tolerate it, and I'll call people out any day of the week against it. So my kitty's over here. I think he's going to try. He's going to try and jump on the computer. And what's he doing, Mallor? This is actually Salem. There he is. I'm going to bring him over so you can see him. That's my cat, Salem. Okay. So my issue here uh, that I wanted to break in real quick was that uh-huh. uh, Solaris, uh, and again, this video was made as a response to her interview on this program. She claims that she's going to call people out that are spiteful and hateful and have it wrong. Well, I, I feel like that's what we're doing, but without the spite and the hate. That's just how she's per- perceiving it. However, uh, the point I had made at the end of the program, now that it's all flowing back as well, is that you know miraculous claims demand incredible proof. Okay, think about that. The next time one of these jokesters, one of these clowns comes on YouTube and starts just spewing this stuff. It's the same thing with Alex Jones and the fire in the theater every day. Some people are now trying to – well, and Jones thinks it's something against him, of course, to get him off the air because he's becoming popular. Uh, Is that – is he yelling fire in the theater every day? Because of different conspiracies and 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 uh, claims uh, involving Pizza Gates and other things that uh, might not have any credibility or proof whatsoever, or uh, does he have a leg to stand on? Well, that's really up to the listener. That's why we live in a free country. I think it's our duty to have programs like this, like Saucer Smear when it was around with Jim Mosley for the folks who are diehard ufologists. And 
back in the day, it was not frowned upon for Jim Mosley to put out his saucer smear every month and talk about foolishness. It was actually something that people enjoyed. Actual researchers enjoyed it. I'm sure the hoaxers didn't. But I just find it so ironic. I mean, go back to the clip. I find it ironic that Solaris's major beef was that, number one, we weren't hateful. Number one, we weren't spiteful. Uh, and that she is really just trying to bring about truths. And aren't we trying to do the same thing? So we're butting heads, but we're really trying to do the same thing. Uh, the difference is, is that I don't make money doing this, and these folks obviously do. Okay, let's let's finish the clip, shall we? we call it Here we go. And that was done. Hi. That was actually, um, he gets along really good with my dog, by the way. But he was, uh, Dr. Falcoff calls him Boss Kitty. I was changing the subject. But but anyways, um, yeah, it's just weird. You know, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine last night who's kind of like a spiritual sister to me. And it's really interesting when you start communicating. And, and we all realize that. We get attacked here. You know, a lot of people come out and tell the truth. Um, you know, it's just like, Donald J. Trump, I'm not comparing myself to him in any form, but I'm just saying people like to take cheap shots, they like to attack, and they like to harass. And when they don't have the answers, they want to come up with speculation, especially when it comes to dealing with high-profile people like um, music industry. And I have to tell you, um, they couldn't have been so wrong. You know, they couldn't have been so wrong last night. So I will say, um, those of you who understand where I'm coming from, read my books, look at the documentary, um, look at what I have to bring to the plate, which is all accurate data. And when you start rolling up your sleeves and following the paper trails, and, and another thing is, you have to look through the lyrics of the band. You have to go through the detail of what they were writing about, especially Kurt, over the years. I've been able to get into his head, okay? I've been able to get into Mossbox's head and the rest of their heads because they were interfaced with me. And that gave me an edge. And that edge I've used insofar as decoding information, um, using the... She was able to get into their heads. She yeah, knows boy. what they're yeah. thinking because uh -huh. she has uh, mentally connected with them via this technology. Right. Uh, also, she claims that the lyrics, if you pay attention to them, if you study them, will tell you the whole story. Uh, again, this, these are, this is not proof. These are crazy town claims. Okay, There is no proof that Solaris Blue Raven had any connection to the band Rush other than the fact that she sent them a book. And I believe that maybe she did a few emails back and forth with Pert. I believe that. It's Pert, to be correct, Canadian. However, uh, other than that, let's drill down, okay? Let's use a court of law. The jury's not going to buy that. They're going to say, where's the evidence that you psychically connected with these folks? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people in the chat that claim that she has the evidence. She said she had stuff. She never sent it to me. Obviously, she was still uh, too sore about this, I guess. <laughs> but I, I've watched a number of her videos. She said I wasn't prepared for the interview. I was prepared. I was prepared, Miss Blue Raven. So I don't want to use her as the only person for tonight as a case study, Angel. I think we've heard enough of that, That uh, uh, as as you kids call butt hurt. Um Retort from her, and she did a few oh, of them. She did a few, and this one's there's still like six minutes left on this. I got another one which is like 19 seconds, which is not too long, but still have a half hour here left. And I want to I want to yeah. move on to some of the other folks because it's not just one person. This subgenre is huge, and it paints a picture. So I think there's a crescendo here 
that will be able to say, in lieu of all the research that UFNOT Radio has done this week regarding targeted individuals, here's what we've come up with. So why don't we run another – I wanted to give you another example of someone that seemed to be pretty popular in this space. In fact, somebody brought him up during the break. Why don't you run blank blank? His name's David. I don't know, do you have it in front of you? I don't. I'm not very familiar with this channel. What the one uh, for all targeted individuals? Is that the one? Yes, yes. And this one you're going to want to. Uh, if the sound isn't good, turn it up. But this is another gentleman who has a series of videos. I just tried to pick one where he was sort of trying to and- tell you what's going on to a certain degree, although that's one of the difficulties, of course, and I think mm-hmm. you'll find, is that you come away with a, from these interviews very confused. And if you look at their eyes, they have that twinkle of crazy well, in their eye. Let, again, I'm, I'm trying to stay <laughs> as neutral as possible here, and, and you know, I'm saying kind of people work with me here. So let's go oh, ahead yeah. and run, run this clip and see what you think. His first name's David. Let's just leave his last name out of it. Yeah, it's a good idea. Here we go. April 9th, Sunday, and uh, funny enough, all your shit is gone. That rock at the side of my fucking house that you painted something on, because what fucking rock burns for five fucking minutes even with a little bit of gasoline on it? And now that microwave shit stopped, but I couldn't get rid of the sound. My eardrums were still busting. It didn't feel like I could feel every one of my goddamn fucking organs anymore, though, so I knew the microwave shit was gone. So what did I do? I removed a jewelry tree that I had made that was behind my head in my office. I moved it over to the window in my studio. Suddenly, I can't hear that sound anymore. So... I went into my bedroom, and I moved my curio cabinet that was on the other side of my bed over against the fucking wall. And now I can't hear it in my bedroom either. So when you were busting into my house and I couldn't figure out what the fuck you were doing, you were wiring my house for your little toys. But now I know that your little toys, you can't just direct them at people you need a fucking receptor so all those targeted individuals if you're being fucking targeted in your house there's something in your house that is acting like a receiver they painted a fucking rock on the corner of my fucking house and that's what was pulling in the fucking microwaves because now all of this shit is gone and good luck getting into my fucking house again guys you know me better than anybody. Agoraphobia is no problem for me. I can live in my fucking house forever and never leave. I will never leave my house open again. So your toys ain't going to fucking run me out of my house again. So, uh, and oh, and by the way, I'm going through that jewelry tree and I'm going through that curio cabinet and I will find your fucking sensors. No matter how fucking small they are, I will find your fucking sensors. And as soon as I do, I'm going to take a fucking video and show everybody what the fuck they're looking for in their house. So, motherfuckers, and you can all thank Max Spears for this. Because Max Spears talked to someone who actually got a hold of me on YouTube who fucking told me what he said. And Vanessa... Max wants you to fucking expose this shit. You know what I'm talking about because Max told you. That's what I've been told. And he wanted this fucking exposed. Now it's going to be exposed. You can't aim your shit at people 
without a fucking receptor. So if you're a targeted individual and you're being inundated with this shit, there is something in your fucking house that is drawing this shit to it. You just have to... Okay, so, okay, so there's some commonalities in here, and that's, what we're, that's why we're playing this clip. And granted, I'm trying to be as ginger as possible with the analysis. I'm trying to be as clinical as possible. Solaris, her interview, her videos... There's a couple of takeaways that I have, Angel. Uh, very fast talker. Um, very angst. Lots of angst, right? Confusion as far as semi-paranoia. Um, uh, a lot of dirty talk. A lot of cuss words. Um, Solaris doesn't do it during her mainstream, uh, quasi-mainstream interviews, but uh, it seems on the back end she gets very angry very quickly, and when she called back into our program, she flipped us off about 85 times. So uh, there's some commonalities here that I'm seeing with both of these uh, uh, self-proclaimed targeted individuals, and this goes on forever. There are hundreds of these videos of these very sad people. And they're always by themselves, of course, doing sort of a quick video to talk about what's been happening to them. And it's upsetting. It really is. And how this has become something that people can promote as uh, a lecture, a book, a video, and then injected into these conferences, people are really believing that a, a lot of their psychosis, which is real psychosis, meaning there is a, probably a very – Mainstream way that you can get assistance for that. Okay, I know Scientology and folks like that think psychology is the devil, but guess what? It helps a lot of people. And during my life, as on a personal side, I've gone through some very heavy stuff in the medical arena. I needed psychological support. In fact, the mental part of my journey was a lot more difficult than the physical and still is today. Uh, and if you think about that for a second, I think you'll understand where I was going with that. So that was the point of playing this gentleman, David. He is very, uh, I want to say, semi-typical. Now, some of the folks are very docile and almost like scared deer, okay? And some of them, I've noticed, are just clinging to this subgenre and uh, subgenre and say, oh, that's me. When in actuality, it's not you. You're not a super soldier. Right. You're not, you're not someone being mind controlled by a black op project. Think about it for a second. What is so special about you? We are normal people. We all take a crap. We all pay the taxes. We all go to work. These people have tried to make this into a full time career. It's, not, it's, it's, it's a little bit deeper than that, though, Jesse. It's not only they're making a career out of this. A lot of these folks, this is my personal belief, is that a lot of these folks that do these kind of uh, stories and de de tell these tales uh, are doing it mostly because they want to belong to something. And it, this is a, a deeper psychological issue. Uh, these are folks that probably never fit in in life. Uh, they, they're either bullied or they spent, uh, you know, time in a mental institution. They, they've had issues in the past. And if, here they figured a way to, like, belong to a club. 
you know, where you don't have to have actual evidence or proof of anything. You can just come up with a nice little story, and everybody's going to surround you and embrace you. And uh, it doesn't matter how kooky and crazy you sound. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, you know, at first, people with psychosis and, and issues like that, mental issues, serious mental issues, uh, jumping into, like, this is no different than jumping into a religion. And, in fact, ufology and a lot of these things have become religion to a lot yes. of these folks. So, I mean, this is exactly what this is. This is a new age religion for people with mental issues. And, again, mental issues, uh, you know, this, is a, it, it, this is a major problem. And it's not only in this country, but in the world. Uh, there's a lot of folks, and it's growing by, by the years, the number of people that suffer with mental disorders. And, uh, you know, this is just another avenue for these people to express themselves. YouTube, the Internet, all these different outlets that now give them the avenue to express themselves, the podcasting that they're allowed to do, because this is all a little free medium, so they can get on the Internet and yes. come up with their story and just tell whatever it is they want to talk about and invent their, their dreamed reality. And it, and really create a narrative that, you know, they believe in their head would, you know, get people to like them or love them. And then right. you get people that follow them. And then you get other people to follow them who say, hey, you know what? I will come up with something very similar. We connect. And then next thing you know, you have the Andrew Bissagios, the Laura Eisenhausers, and all these other folks that get together and they all come up with collaborative type of stories. And, and next thing you know, they become really famous and they're doing lecture tours and they're signing books and autographs and all of a sudden their craziness goes into their, to their heads because at the end of the day, we're all ego-driven people. So when they start getting a little bit of fame, the story gets a little bit more elaborate, a little bit better, and they start yes. getting a little bit more into the, the scene, uh, as it were. And this is just a natural progression of people that have this kind of mental psychosis to be famous, to be known, to be loved and adored. Why do you think that people like Solaris here claim that she's a goddess of sorts, that she's this great seer or, this, or, or that she's a psychic? I mean, what do you think that David Wilcox claims that he's, uh, what's his face? Um, no, this is incredibly that, astute, by the way. I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't want to interrupt you. I think you're in a really good flow right now, and you're right no, on but, the money. Derek Wilcox, for example, he, he claims he's Edgar Casey, correct? He claims he, he is the reincarnated uh, entity of Edward Casey. Right. And, uh, by the way, believes that m many uh, folks from the Rolling Stones to Britney Spears are, uh, are MK ultra individuals. I believe Britney Spears. But uh, <laughs> that's why she shaved. That's why she shaved her head and freaked out. Correct. Yeah, that's, yeah, that and of course the the people she was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of drugs are being used. But no, and in all seriousness, look. It, it, even when you look at certain things like uh, what happened in Waco, Texas, years ago, with the bunch of idiots, you know, with uh, David Koresh and those morons. I mean, look. You, there you have another guy, cultist. Claims he's, you know, reincarnation of a god figure. And this is, it just keeps happening. And this is happening to ufology. It's happening to the paranormal. It's happening to this new agers. Uh, it is all mental disorders. I'm sure David Koresh is as crazy as hell. And if he was born right now and he was alive today, he'd be using YouTube. He'd be doing these lecture tours. He'd have books. He'd have all kinds of different things. And it'll be a different outlet for him to express his craziness. And he'll still have a cult-like movement, which is what he was trying to do back 20, 30 years ago. And, you know, you get to, look, it's not like it's crazy that Billy, Billy Myers is a cultist also. I and, mean, you know, this goes back years now. Yes, but, you know, I they, get it. They, I get that, they found that a people, different way to make it. Yes, and people gyrate towards, uh, they're attracted to folks that seem to proclaim they have the answer 
Okay, right. or the answers. Uh, for instance, James Gilliland, and he has this people right. making pil- pilgrimages to his place on Mount Adams, and he uh, proclaims that he can call the ETs, and they come hang out every night. And 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 we've also uh, criticized Greer for with the C5 and and folks uh, shelling out buku bucks to go hang out with him when we know for a fact that in all the years that thing's been going on, uh, obviously they ain't doing such a hot job because, number one, if they're trying to communicate with these folks and there hasn't been any specific dialogue at this point, that's pretty bad. And number two, there hasn't been a photo. I mean, we live in a a day and age where you would have thought the first thing they do at one of these CE5s, by the way, very hush-hush. You're not supposed Mm -hmm. to talk about it, of course, uh, so that... You know, they can keep it in the circle and you feel special, et cetera, et cetera. Um, people have been talked to uh, – the point being is that at the CE5 protocol uh, meetups, you would think that video surveillance would be uh, very important and would be something that they would do immediately surrounding the area with cameras and infrared, a la Ghost Hunters type gear, right? Right, correct. So yeah. if they're doing that and they're coming up with butkus – what does that tell you? Of course, exactly. <laughs> if they were coming up with stuff, why would they release it? It would only help their numbers, etc., and members and and uh, and acknowledgement. So obviously, they don't have the goods, which tells you that that science, that technology, is probably bunk. And that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to at the end of the day. That's what this targeted individual, and I say slash super soldier. Because it's morphed into that. And, you know, I find this incredibly funny that these folks who talk about being super soldiers, what can they do that is super? You know, with all this training that they've gone through, can they break a a board? Can they put their hand (laughs) through a metal door? I mean, don't you? I'm not trying to. That's a great point because by the definition of a super soldier, when you look at it like comic book wise, we're talking about like Captain America. That's a super soldier, right? He gets injected with a super serum, becomes Captain America. You know, he gets his cool outfit. He can, you know, he can land from a plane without having to like, you know, kill himself by jumping off a plane without a parachute. I mean, he's a badass, right? But that's not what's going on. I mean, look at some of the videos of some of these folks that claim they're super soldiers, and some of them look like they need to actually go on a treadmill and like run. Because they're a little bit out of shape. I mean, what what soldiers are we talking about here? How super are you guys? Seriously, Solaris. I mean, how, how much of a super soldier really are you? I mean, well, uh, like you said, it, it's a good question. It's a question that will no, never. It's an excellent point. On any question. mainstream radios, when they say, "Oh, here's uh, uh, <laughs> okay," and you're a super soldier, sir. Yes. What exactly are you super at? Right. That's and like the, me saying I'm a super soldier. Come on. Well, I think you're more of a super soldier to me than these characters, these clowns. And sure enough, there are the folks from Gaia, and there are the folks from a lot of the New Age uh, talent pools raking in the cash. And they'll be first to tell you, no, we're risking our lives for providing this information. Well, then how are these guys all still around? And they have an excellent point by you. Yep. Do they have uh, you know big-time security guards at these things? No. They're very accessible people, okay? So if you want to find them, you can go ahead and find them. I highly doubt that's the issue. So that that, that there lies a problem. And sure enough, these things are going on. Uh, there is a now Super Soldier Summits, and there are subgenres <laughs> to that. And these people get together, and like you said, it's just kind of crazy town. And the bottom line is 
no proof necessary. It's almost like bad credit okay for a car lot. It's just they see that sign overhead that says no proof necessary, don't worry, get as loony as you can or creative as you want to be. It's almost like L.A. When you move to L.A. and they'll be like, well, what's your name? My name's Chris or my name's Jesse. Okay, and what what do you do? Um, I'm a creature. I'm a super soldier. I was at a party once. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a creature maker. And the guy said, oh, really? Like like for the movies or something? He said, no, no, I just make creatures. And in, in L.A., it's like you're allowed to just kind of reinvent yourself. And I think that's what New Age offers to crazy town folks that are like, hey, I can't fit with mainstream, and I figured out why. And it's this avenue. And like you said, people are attracted to individuals that are going to accept you, of course. And then this program exists not as a hatred program. This is an investigative, journalistic attitude towards these topics. Right. From a mainstream perspective, I'm a mainstream guy. I've worked in corporate America at the highest echelon of bullshit. Okay. I've had the cubicles for years. I've been at the meetings for years, the traveling, etc. It's involved. I know what politics is all about and capitalism from a very uh, good background. So I see the lure. I see sometimes wanting to back in L.A. after that four-hour commute because of some stupid jackknife again where my neck's killing me that I just want to toss it in the air and jump into UFO land full-time and – to a certain degree, I did that when I was doing radio professionally, but I still tried to – what happened was I tried to stay neutral, and I couldn't do it. It's hard. It's hard. It, it, it's hard, especially when you look at some of the folks that are, are coming forward, and it's, 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 it's tough, man, because some of these stories are just really just way out of left field. I mean, it just – I understand about spending your disbelief and giving everybody their you know their time to, to give their, their side of their story, but I mean – like, for example, like the Sheldon Nidals of the world. I mean, really? Or or the Charles Hall. And Charles yeah, I mean, Hall with the Tall Whites, his his story is not only followed by thousands. I mean, people cling to this guy. I'm telling you, you got to be careful. When, oh, I went to Michael, down, yeah. when I went to Michael Horn's screening of the uh-huh. silent revolution of truth, the Billy Meyer story <laughs> that he did, oh, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Absolutely afraid of some of my questions during the QA of the Figu people that were you there. Thought, you probably thought you were me. That's probably because me and him have major beef. But you know what it is, though, Just and this is really what it all boils, boils down to. You know why all these folks get away with this? Mm. And this is the, the main reason why all this BS is allowed to happen, why Sheldon Nido could talk about his Galactic Federation of Interstellar Lights in the uh, northern region of his ass or whatever, uh, why Billy Myers could talk about his uh, girls from the uh, Frank Sinatra show being real aliens, and uh, people believe that crap, and uh, you know, why all these individuals get away with every single lie, because there is no disclosure. We have not had any official word from the government on anything. We have not had anything actually given us evidence or proof. Uh, so we have no reality to back up anything. 
So since that's the case, we're fed a bunch of narratives from a bunch of people, which, again, are crazy for the most part. Some of them are not. Some of them are very normal. Some of them have very interesting stories. But some of them are kind of crazy, like some of the folks we're talking about here, which we, or maybe they're not even crazy. Maybe they're doing it again because of a psychosis, which is not crazy. It's a different thing. Yeah, we want to stay away from that word for sure. Yeah. Or maybe they're doing it because of, of the fact that they're, they're looking for a way to make some money, and this is a, an avenue for doing that. So it's more of a greed factor, like uh, uh, Sean David Morton, for example, which, I mean, that's really all, all he's in for is making a buck. And, uh, you know, there's different reason wa- reasons why people get involved and do what, what they do. But the bottom line is, if there ever was disclosure and the government said, okay, this is the facts of what we know, and this is everything that we know, and we really believe that this is exactly what the government had all along, and there's nothing more above this, and we have all the avenues connected, all the dots connected, then we can look at everybody else, and you know they'll disappear, because their stories just won't gel with, with what reality is. But since we don't have a reality base on anything, we you have know, to have these uh, individuals I'm, kind of, kind of like usually, dots. Usually I disagree with you. All the time, almost. I mean, we're we're almost polar opposites. Uh, I love you to death. You're one of my good friends for years. We just don't agree on a lot, and we love talking about it, which makes it a good show. Tonight, I agree with most of what you've said, and I'll take it a step further. We're in a mainstream problem right now with something called fake news, which ufology people have been used to for the millennia. Right. (laughs) Millennia. So – here we are going, hey, welcome to our world, right? And the show has taken a turn. And the reason it's taken a turn is because of the timing, not because we're fed up, not because we're searching for an, a new Roswell and we're bummed out we don't have one, so we're going to invent one. Hey, look, I love listening to the secret space program stuff. It's getting kind of old now, to be honest with you, because they're running out of shtick. Okay, so – they just kind of keep pandering the same stuff and then selling it and making it into different product, whether it's a new book or now he's doing a graphic novel, one of them. And it's just silly stuff. But I get it. And it would have been easy for me to jump on that bandwagon. I just don't want to. I want to try to stay in the moment. I watched The Matrix again last night because I have to watch it like every six months to kind of reset and say yes what is reality this movie was just so right on the money and the more and more this subject blends into new age with this how dare you ask me to provide any sort of proof in fact why would you bring that question up jess is something that i just can't stand for anymore so either a we stay on the air which we're going to do or B, we would have had to do what MUFON is doing, which is try to embrace it and say, okay, well, the new narrative seems to be the secret space program, which would explain why there really hasn't been a lot of momentum in the past 50 years. There's a ton of it, and Stephen Greer and a ton of other characters will tell us that free energy and all these technologies and that rockets, cars – um most of our robotics, you name it. Almost all of our tar- technologies are totally old school by like eons. And that what they have is so much better that we're just missing out on everything. Well, wouldn't you want to follow that guy at this point? I mean, the of world course. is not in a good place right now. Yep. So if I am down on my luck, 
uh, like most of my friends, not making a lot of money these days. In fact, all my friends that were doing okay, a very small fraction of them are still doing okay. Most people are living middle class to poverty level. Things have not gotten better yet. I hope they do, but they haven't. And because of my day job, not speaking about ufology like that would have been fun, but no, my day job tells me the pulse of what's going on in the country. And I can tell you that it's not very good. Momentum is not very good economically right now, which affects people's opinions. So hence, I get why they want the escape. And then you brought up YouTube. And I think we're really kind of concluding here because we're running low on time. But the point of this show was to introduce this subgenre of targeted individuals, which are people who obviously think that they're they wholeheartedly believe this. They are affected. Whether or not you believe they're bipolar or schizophrenic, uh, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. And please don't take it that way. Um, uh, I've known people like that in the past, and I've, I've worked hard to help get them help. So all that is preposterous. The, the notion that this show uh, took swings at Solaris Blue Raven for any other reason – other than the fact that she had absolutely zero proof, has absolutely zero proof, has sent me absolutely zero proof to look at, and is still okay, that's not going to fly here. Okay, I will take that criticism. If you are going to be angry at me over that, an angel, of course, for being straight shooters, then we are guilty as charged. Jesse, not the, when, I, yes. the, when we met years and years ago, because we, we've known each other for a long time now. Long time. Uh, we had, yeah, I had you on the show, uh, long ago, and you asked a, a question which I didn't really know how to answer properly back then. And, uh, the question was, uh, what do you want to do in this genre of ufology? Like, what's your end goal? Like, what's your, your goal? You remember that question? Always ask people that when they ask for assistance, and people have asked for assistance quite a bit over the years. Yeah, and I didn't really know how to answer it back then properly because I was still kind of a noob when it came to like doing the radio stuff and mm-hmm. uh, when it came to the podcasting and uh, when it came to ufology. Uh, even though I had a, a, you know years of being a fan, but I wasn't as deeply into uh, the entire subgenre as I am today. Uh, but now I could clearly answer that. You know, like you were talking about here, my, like my desire. With doing the radio and uh, with doing the shows and the podcasting and um, and talking to these people is to get to the bottom line and to get to the truth. Yes, it, that's it. That's all I want. That's I it. The, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame. I don't care about any of that junk. I want the truth. That's all I want. And and, and what I don't want is to our uh, is for this subject ufology, which many. Old school folks, the old guard think is dying, dying out, and they might be right to a certain degree, but what I don't want to see happen is ufology to start embracing people like Ike, believing that people are shape-shifting into reptilians and drinking children's blood in the White House, in the the Royal Palace, and, and, and these ridiculous claims, and I've Trust me, I've gone to see the man live. I've watched enough video. Look, we're talking about intelligent people here, and this stuff is frightening to me that it's becoming mainstream because it's baseless. 
that's the problem. You break it down and there really is a hollow earth there. Okay? There's nothing in the middle. There's no meat. Take it back to the court of law. Take it back in your mind to, to the legal aspects to these things. If you were trying to prove to a jury any of these things. Now, some of you will be like, well, I've transcended beyond that. Greer will tell you, we don't need disclosure. Disclosure has happened already. I don't need it. So we're not trying to shoot for that. We don't need the government's admission. They're the enemy. Well, you know what? I don't think that's going to get us too far. I think we have to bring this and try to inject it into mainstream science again like they were trying to do years ago. And they were able to do years ago with guys like Donald Kehoe and Hynek and Valet and respected individuals, genius-level people that were willing to study this subject with a high level of scrutiny. And I've said that since day one with this show. I didn't always practice it, but I will moving forward, and I think you understand why we're doing what we're doing. So in closing, targeted individuals, check it out on your own. It's frightening stuff to me. If any of it's true, the implications, of course, are grandiose. Uh, I don't know anybody who's been targeted personally or claims to be, and I, I, I hope that I do not run into another one of them anytime soon after our interview with Solaris. Uh, I want to talk a, real quick about – great insight, by the way, tonight, Angel. Um, I want to talk real quick about next week, and as we roll with this new theme of how we're doing the show, we're selecting individuals that are icons in either the New Age genre or ufology, and we're dissecting their claims. Okay, That's what we're doing. This is investigative journalism. If it offends you, I'm glad you're here. Tell me all about it. We're not doing it. We're not TMZ. There's plenty of stuff that I leave out to protect people and their privacy. I'm not interested in exposing them on that level. I don't give out addresses. I don't give out real names. Next week, you're going to love this one. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm really, this, wasn't my, this wasn't my idea, but I don't know why it wasn't because Uh-oh. I've always been so interested in this subject and so angered by it at the same time. Channeling. We're going to be talking about channeling. Ah, uh, yep. Yes. Well, and as you know, channeling, it directly intersects with ufology. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is what we're going to be talking about next week. And what we're going to be dissecting, our case study, is going to be the entity known as Bashar, whose name is, I can say it because he's well known. The guy's a major icon. And we're talking thousands of views. Tons of lectures over the years. Buku Bucks. I've seen the guy live. Daryl Anka. Seems like one of the sweetest guys in the world. We're going to dissect him. I, I love that I have to say that fucking caveat. It annoys me. You know, Howard, Howard Stern would just be all over this. Oh, this Solaris, blah, blah, She's. I mean, I had an interview with some uh, with Stern saying something so ridiculous. I almost wanted to play it just to prove my point. But the point being... <laughs> Is that uh, it was about Getty Lee too? It was funny when I was researching this. Um, Daryl Anka is an icon. I think you're going to really enjoy it next week. Uh, of course, we'll be here next Thursday. This is our new time. Please don't miss it. It's eight o'clock Pacific Standard Time every Thursday night. And if you start off listening to some of the other shows at uh, six or seven, break on over to us. I think you're going to find it to be very refreshing. And we're going to stick to this 
model. So you know every week we're going to be doing a new case study on somebody. And you're going to be able to, during the week, flip me a link. Flip me an email. How, how can people get in touch with me, Angel? Uh, what's the best way? Well, they could always, I mean, you have your own email address, but I mean, they could always uh, send an email to info at uh, psn-radio.com and, uh, you know, I'll yeah, address the email to you. Let's use that one, okay? Is that okay? Uh, info at psn-radio.com. Right. And if you have a link about Bashar or a channeling in general that you were like, this would be perfect for the show, that's what I want. That's the kind of stuff where you can contribute at this point and we can do it together. With that being said, thanks for listening tonight. I hope you got something out of it, learned something, or got uh, maybe your opinion got uh, jagged a little bit, and maybe you're seeing it with a different lens. If not, I hope you enjoyed it for any other reason entirely. This is Jesse Randolph with the Angel of Ufology, Angel Espino, for Euphonaut Radio here in Portland, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest down here in the real bunker. And we'll see you next week talking about channeling. Take care, everybody.